Community Focus is a look at events, issues, and initiatives happening in and around the Brainerd Lakes area. Community Focus is produced by Hubbard Radio Brainerd and broadcast locally on 106.7 WJJY. Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. And today we have guests from Crow Wing County with us today. Uh, we are visiting with Crow Wing County Administrator Tim Houle. And Jory Danielson also joins us, Crow Wing County Highway Maintenance Supervisor. Gentlemen, welcome to Community Focus. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Tim, you brought a guest. I did, and so Ken and Tess, every time I bring a guest, you know that I've brought the person who really knows what's going on. <laughs> uh, and Jory is that person for us on highway maintenance. Uh, he's been with the county for quite some time, and he's the guy that makes the call on when the snowplows go out. So given this morning's uh, weather event, I thought we should come in here and give you a midwinter update <laughs> on the snowplow season. Yeah. Uh, it appears we're not done yet. Apparently yeah. not, huh? You know, we've had our friends from the uh, State Highway Patrol and local towards zero death folks always mm-hmm. talk about giving snowplow uh, drivers plenty of clearance. But now we get to talk to you about uh, all the other nuances of heading out in those massive machines. Uh, and I understand they're, they're pretty high tech, actually, aren't they, Jory? Yeah, we have a lot of technology in our trucks. Uh, we have GPS technology that shows where our trucks are at at all times. And also the material that they're putting down and the rate that they're putting it down at and where they're putting it down. Yeah, and what they put down, that's changed a lot over the years, hasn't it? It has. It used to be a sand-salt mixture, and now with these new technologies that we have, uh, we've switched more to salt. We get quicker melting times and better uh, return of the road to black driving surfaces. Mm. And so how do you make the determination, Jerry, about what rate of salt to put down? Because yeah. you know, I think maybe yeah. the listeners would think you turn it on and you turn it off. <laughs> uh, it's, not, it's, it's a little more sophisticated than that. Yeah, we use uh, charts that have been developed uh, from MnDOT and also ones that we've developed in-house that we watch pavement temperatures to see what they're currently at and what they will be doing over the next 24 to 48 hours. And that um, is what we set our rates to, and each truck has an adjustable rate. So if it's colder in the morning, we might have to turn it up a little bit to start the melting, and as the sun comes out and starts to warm the pavement, we can turn it down and start using less. Now, I'm going to ask, because you say you watch pavement temperatures. Are there sensors here and there around the county? Yes, actually all throughout the state. Uh, MnDOT has road sensors that give forecasts even of what they anticipate the road temperatures to be. So we uh, monitor those sensors. Uh, We can see what it's doing uh, anywhere in the state and we usually watch out west as uh, what's coming towards us. Fascinating. That is cool. And as a result of this, we use a heck of a lot less salt um, mm-hmm. And, you know, there's this, this constant tug of war between driver safety, uh, melting the ice on the road, yeah. uh, versus the environmental impact that salt can have in our lakes, rivers, and streams. And we've heard a lot about that lately. Yeah, so. uh, and that's something that we take exceptionally seriously. And so we are metering the amount of salt we use and try to make sure that it is you know, kind of like the porridge, not too hot, not too yeah. cold, just right. Yeah. Sure. And as a result of that, we apply a lot less salt than we used to. That's good. Yeah, and we're seeing that, um, you know, it used to be that just turn it on and go. That's not the case. That We can get better results by turning it down sometimes, depending on traffic. Traffic also helps. The more traffic, the better mm-hmm. that salt works and is activated. So we, we also take that into account when we're making that decision. Mm-hmm. So do you know how many tons of salt you go through in an average winter around the lakes area? 
Uh, this last year, it was right around 3,800 tons Man. of what we applied. And that's been historically um, about where we're at a little less than a few years ago. Each w- winter is dependent on uh, the type of event we get. If mm-hmm. we have rainstorms or ice storms in the middle of winter, that's really hard on us this year. Fortunately, okay. we had one, and it was pretty short-lived, and the temperatures came up. So we didn't have to apply a whole lot of salt, um, and we were able to get the roads back to bear drive lanes mm-hmm. and can continue on. But in the past, we've had weeks on end where that ice fell, temperatures oh. dropped below zero, and we had and salt is ineffective after 15 degrees. Um, is that what so, it is? Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. people always ask, why aren't they putting down salt? Because, I mean, sometimes it's the wind. I know there's a whole bunch of factors. but Yeah, yeah, wind, road temperature, um, and just the factors of what time of day it is even can determine whether we use salt or whether we use just sand sure. at intersections. Wow. Fascinating. How large a fleet do you actually have in the county? We have 16 uh, snow plows. Okay. And and you're the guy that determines when they go out, or is there a state standard, if you will? No, we make the call based on weather uh, and what it's going to do. We have one shift of 16 drivers, so we have to uh, be mindful of um, their time mm-hmm. and trying to provide a service to the public without overextending our crew uh, to make sure that we are providing that coverage uh, throughout the day, mainly when the heaviest traffic is on the road, mm-hmm. and then be able to come back in and start over again with adequate uh, amount of rest. Yeah, because I've heard people talk about, oh, it's got to be three inches or more, and that's not necessarily the case. It more depends on conditions. Yeah, and we have uh, priorities and targets and goals set up uh, for all our county roads. And depending on what road it is, it ha- we have a certain amount of time that we have to have it plowed by the time the event ends and then get a bare wheel path through it. So uh, if you take a county road three north of town, we have six hours to have that plowed after the storm event. And um, another 18 hours to get a bare wheel path in each direction. Wow. is that crazy? It and, is. And all of that is measured, and we produce a, uh, a report card okay. for every snow event. Maybe, Jory, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we're gathering all this data, uh, what the trucks are putting down for material, the time that they're spending on plowing these roads, and then we're also physically monitoring the roads, checking to see what condition they're in, uh, if we have to go over them again or if the material is going to work. Um, mainly just checking for roadway safety. And then we compile all that data, put it in a report, and that report is produced within five days after the event, within five days after the event, uh, to uh, let the public know how we did, where some of our challenges were, where some of our struggles were. And uh, we also look for ways that we can improve. Mm -hmm. Uh, These reports are on our website, crowing.us. We also post them on our Facebook page and our Twitter page. So anybody can go in and, and see how we are doing, and uh, mainly just to communicate transparency that we are trying. Sure. We're, we're doing everything we can yeah. to get these roads back to um, good conditions. I'm uh, kind of interested, too, in the training that your drivers must go through. Um, you know they're down at Ripley yeah. once in a while down there, aren't yes. they? Yes. We, uh, our drivers aren't, but we use okay. other state resources. Uh, okay. There is a state trailer a driving simulator, plow simulator that comes in, and we also do the uh, driving driver's trainer training center down in St. Cloud, and oh, okay. we alternate back and forth each year. We have an incredibly talented and dedicated dr- group of drivers um, that help each other also, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the best um, ways to learn is through other others, your colleagues, and they do a tremendous job of working together as a team um, 
and covering everything. And we also have a plow training meeting uh, each fall that we go into, and we cover um, everything from application rates to operation of the truck and uh, some other factors that may play in into uh, snow plowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always think of, you know, if you're out on the road on a really bad winter storm, uh, visibilities are bad, mm-hmm. it's, it's just treacherous sometimes. And those guys are out there dealing with those same conditions, but driving this massive vehicle and trying to improve those roads. It has to be a challenge every time they go out. Yeah. Um, you know, Mother Nature has a great sense of humor, and mm-hmm. it, <laughs> we get to see it almost every time we're out there. Um, our drivers do a tremendous job. Um, you can tell where the conditions are most challenging by the talk on the radio and what they're running into. Um, and they always seem to uh, handle any challenge that Mother Nature throws at them tremendously, and they're doing it with a smile on their face. Yeah. All that being said, the public still needs to cooperate when we have these <laughs> snow events, I would think. Truck versus, or, or car versus snowplow. Snowplow wins every time. Hands down. It's got a perfect record. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, of course, everybody hears this. Stay back from the plows. Give yeah. them a wide berth. Don't be in such a hurry. Don't pass the snowplow if you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, that still happens. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, just it's not worth it. If you no. think about the life-altering experience that running into a snowplow can be, I can tell you it never ends up well uh, for the driver of the car or the truck. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really our driver's biggest fear is the traffic or, you know, causing an accident or being involved in an accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very difficult for them to see. They have a lot of different um, viewpoints they've got to be looking for. And a lot of times if a car gets too close, they can't be seen in the mirror. There's just a blind spot behind the truck. And if there's snow swirling behind them, that also is very difficult for that car it caught in that snow swirl uh, for the driver to see. And then also traffic coming up to uh, the snowplow or that car that's so close. So it's better to stay back uh, out of that snow swirl. And uh, that way it gives the driver a better chance to see and the motorist behind the snowplow a better chance to see that snowplow if it has to stop or pull over. Is that kind of the biggest complaint of the drivers when they're out there on the road? Is that their biggest complaint? It's just people following too close? Yeah, that's it's uh, the more traffic they can see in their mirror, the whiter their knuckles get Mm -hmm. uh, and the more concerned they are. And uh, we hear almost every event we have that, you know, someone passed them and almost caused an accident or someone passes a plow and spins out in front of them because they're plowing the road and making it better. But when they get past, the road isn't that great and Mm -hmm. people end up losing control. Um, And our trucks uh, only go, you know, up to 25 miles an hour when they're plowing. Usually it's much less than that. Uh, The slower they go, the more contact that blade makes with the pavement that cuts more ice and snow off of it and allows material to work uh, quicker and it also by going at slower rates that material stays on the road and it doesn't bounce off uh, the road into the ditches or on the shoulders ah, where it's ineffective so yep. that's one reason that's the number one uh, concern or complaint I guess we hear is your plow truck was going so slow this morning it made me late for work and I just say <laughs> sorry oh, well, leave earlier <laughs> is that what you tell them no oh, just I just say sorry but they're doing their job yeah. you know we, yeah. for safety we yeah. want them to go slow yeah yeah, that makes sense. Uh, the other aspect I think of, because uh, I I know one of the last snow events we had was on a uh, morning when I had to set my uh, recyclables and garbage, <laughs> and you have to deal with that too, don't they? Yes, um, <laughs> mailboxes and garbage cans. We know what day, uh, or I guess the drivers know which day garbage pickup is on their route, and I've even heard it in the morning that okay, I'm going to have to go slow, and I'm going to have to probably go back over the road because all the garbage cans are going to be out to the shoulder and in my way. Mm-hmm. So we've asked uh, folks to try to keep their garbage 
garbage cans back at least five feet from I the edge know. of the road, and that also prevents them from getting knocked over, which no one likes to have their garbage knocked over. Our drivers right. don't particularly like knocking people's garbage over. Um, not particularly. It's, no, it's, just kidding. <laughs> it's uh, uh, not great customer service of when course. we're knocking people's garbage cans over, and, and that's what we pride ourselves in. And those Absolutely. are, you know, those are nuisance issues. Right. Yeah. I think the number one fear for our snowplow drivers that I've heard mm-hmm. is that they um, could have an injury, that yeah. someone sure. else could be injured sure. on their route. You know, if you pass the snowplow, you spin out in front of it and you cause an accident with the snowplow. That's their worst fear. They, right. And they have to live with that knowing that, yeah. you know, and it's not really their fault. So. Right. <laughs> So, no. you know, we ask people to go slow. Jerry, what could you tell us? Give me, give us a recap of this past uh, winter season. <laughs> uh, the biggest, well, we had our first snow plow out October 5th, which wow. is the earliest uh, in my time here and wow. the earliest that anybody can remember. <laughs> um, so that was a little bit unexpected. We had the plows ready to go. We have them all ready by October 1st each year. Um, I know Tim reminds us of the Halloween storm mm-hmm. uh, every year well before. Yeah. So uh, There was a lot of public works uh, <laughs> facilities that got caught flat-footed oh, yeah. and never again. Mm-hmm. Yep. So when after the event started, um, we got rolling and it seemed like a pretty easy winter going through November in December with just a few. But then after Christmas, um, it let loose and we had pretty much nonstop plowing from uh, Christmas time all the way to the middle of March. Uh, with Feb, uh, and the second half of January, all of February and the first half of March, um, we were out almost every day it seemed like. Uh, if we weren't plowing, we were removing snow, trying to clean curb lines so we had more room. We also didn't have the mid-winter melt that we typically get where the mm. snow will settle. It just never warmed up enough to do that, so the right. snow dips just kept piling up. And I don't remember ever seeing the ditches as full as they were. They and were incredible this year. Yeah. Great. I think Mother Nature just went on a bender after Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you mentioned, too, uh, I noticed uh, in my neighborhood we had a couple of very large piles around the corners, mm-hmm. and they were later plowed back. That's your crew doing that as well? Uh, if it was on a county road, we did try to remove that snow, open up the intersections to create better sight distance. Uh, yeah. That was another fear of ours, and I think we were trying to do that for a month, but it kept snowing, and we couldn't get all the plows <laughs> right. on the road to push some of the intersections back. And we had a lot of banks that were getting very high and becoming a safety concern uh, for us. So the second we finally got a break in the action, we sent the crews out, and that's what they did uh, in between snowstorms, was trying to push that snow back and create better sight distance. Yeah. Coming down 371 a couple times when they were removing some of that snow out of the median, it's quite the sight to see when you come around a corner and there's a fleet of all of them sitting there and they're shooting and, you know, got one digging and you got one shooting and they're all just lining up, moving that snow. It's quite the process. It's neat. A lot of people don't get to see that at that hour of the morning. So no. <laughs> it is something to behold. <laughs> so what about, you know, the give us the financial recap. It's, you know, this is one of our significant expenses. And yep. so tell us how, how that turned out this past winter. Well, so far, uh, we're just a little bit over a million dollars spent on snow plowing, snow removal in Crow Wing County. Um, last year, we were about, or last season, we were at $1.14 million is what mm-hmm. uh, it cost the county to perform snow removal. We had those uh, April snowstorms last year, so I'm just going to knock on wood here that we don't see that again. Ken, get away from my head. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, I'm fascinated, too. One last thing. Uh, you mentioned earlier, uh, MnDOT. I mean, there's uh, people that are doing research. Uh, science is involved in figuring out how to fine-tune all of this constantly. I would imagine even on, like, blades on the end of your plows and so on, that's probably changed over the years. And Yeah, there are another, 
a number of different options. Uh, we use a blade that uh, is in one foot sections coated by rubber so it can hug the road a little bit better if the road has slight depressions in it or wheel rutting. Uh, it cleans the snow and ice off of that a little better. And the added benefit with the rubber coating is it's quieter for our drivers. Yeah. Um, metal on road is very loud. You know, you can hear a snowplow coming. And with the rubber coating on the blades, it does cut those decibels down and makes it much easier and less taxing on a, a driver listening to that constant noise. Uh, okay. There's also many products out there. Uh, a lot of companies are, are trying to be the um, the new one in town. Uh, that's got the new latest and greatest. So we're watching MnDOT, we're talking with MnDOT and other municipalities and our counterparts in other uh, counties around the state to see what they're doing, listen to what they're doing, and and trying to do the best. Uh, If we can reduce chlorides, that's our number one goal uh, after public safety. So we're also trying to do that. You know, there's a number of products out there. Unfortunately, nothing has been cost-effective or uh, as effective as uh, salt chloride. But we are watching. We are looking for anything else, any other treatments we can do mm-hmm. uh, to these products. Okay, last question. Can when, I do a ride-along? When, no. <laughs> <laughs> when do the plows come off to be safe yeah. in Minnesota? Um, we'll you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's uh, in flux. Yeah. 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 Uh, for stories that we've had plowable snow on fishing openers before. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it'll mm-hmm. probably be mid May and we'll keep them just in front of the trucks in case we have to go out just in case. But, uh, the majority of the plow equipment will start coming off about mid May. And well, then does crazy. your department also do all the repair work because winters are tough on roads? Yes. Uh, and this is a perfect example of how quickly we have to switch. We geared up and we're crack sealing roads uh, yesterday and now we were plowing this morning. So we kind of run the gamut and uh, yeah, our crew does all the county road maintenance work uh, from crack sealing to ditch mowing uh, to snow plowing. Um, to wow. removing uh, animals or anything else that comes up on our road. Oh, they wow. get that job. We got to oh, hit yeah. 371 between yeah. this one, Pequot. Man, <laughs> yeah. it's like well, carnage. The the MnDOT will yeah. take care of the state highways. Okay, but we'll take care okay. of all the county, county. roads. And yeah. one of the questions that I probably oh. hear most often that I think uh, is relevant here, mm-hmm. we'll get a, a call from someone and say, "Well, how are you doing on your uh, plow budget? How are you doing on your snow plow oh, budget?" Sure. And the question kind of infers that there there's might a be a amount. that there's a budget limit <laughs> at which we would no longer have money and would have to stop snow Forget plowing. Forget it. Wow. There is no amount of snow that will stop us from plowing. And right. we've been in this business 100 years mm-hmm. and so peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. And yeah. so we do make sure that we retain enough resources to handle the worst of winters. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are other winters where it's a light winter and we build it up. Last year uh, in Crow Wing County, it cost $39.90 per household for snow plowing. That's pretty affordable. That was the entire season. That's yeah. cheaper than calling the guy to come do your driveway in one day. One day. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, it, uh, we also think it's a pretty doggone good value. Uh, yes, yeah, it is. Yes, of it course. Is. Mm-hmm. All right. And we appreciate it, too. No doubt. All right, we've run out of time, but I'll tell you what, uh, what a pleasure talking with you today, Jory, and finding out more about this uh, whole process of <laughs> taking care of our roads. What yes. a pleasure. Thanks for being here, and thanks for what you do. Yeah, yeah thank you. Thanks. Tim, as always, thanks for being here as well, and we'll see you next month. Thank you very much. <laughs> Tim Houle is the Crow Wing County Administrator, Jory Danielson, the Crow Wing County Highway Maintenance Supervisor. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. And don't forget, Community Focus available anytime on our website at 1067wjjy.com.